several of you apparently have asked teachers and people from the administration about the possibilities or the meanings of teaching yoga, which you have seen a lot of here with our teachers. And I have been asked to give you a presentation about the meanings of teaching yoga. As you have seen, Agama Yoga is a very potent form of yoga. It's one of the original forms of yoga, which doesn't overlook the energy, the mind. This is, we could call it, a complete form of yoga. <coughs> it addresses the body, it addresses the energy, it addresses the emotions, it addresses the mind, it addresses the spirituality of the human being. And that is why what we teach here is definitely not intended to be fitness or gymnastics. This is, again, the original meaning of the word yoga. And because of this, of course, we have strong results. We have people who come with problems of their body, energy, emotions, mind, and they solve them pretty quickly. And the efficiency of the system is such that more and more people are coming because, of course, in a world which is drowned by an inflation of yoga, which is taught as gymnastics, people are interested in doing some fitness, but also people are getting eventually bored of doing only fitness with little extensions. When you come to Agama, you sometimes see people who come here with a declared incurable cancer, and weeks or months later going medically tested free of cancer. And then you understand that yoga is something much more powerful when you study it in its complete form. Thus, Agama wants itself to be traditional. We do this yoga according to the treatises of the tradition, the Geranda Samhita, the Shiva Samhita, the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. At the same time, because we are all people of the 21st century, Agama Yoga teaches the yoga updated to the level of modern science, modern language. Whenever it is possible, we present you with a scientific version of things, with a psychological interpretation of different things. It's true that in yoga and in the human being itself, there still exist many mysteries which are mentioned traditionally, but not yet fully understood, fully explained today. Because of this scientific approach, Agama Yoga is also open to all the traditions. If there is something in the Far Eastern medicine, which was not included into yoga traditionally, such as the yin and yang in diet, then we can very easily graft it in yoga, because once you understood the polarity, the plus and minus of, of the matter, then you understand that yin and yang, plus and minus, Solar and lunar are just the same thing, and then you can cross-fertilize the traditions. That's why we derive lots of benefit from blending traditions, from taking the useful part from other traditions. And this makes, of course, Agama Yoga a peculiar, a peculiar, particularly good system of yoga. I personally stay with it simply because I think it's one of the best things which there is. If I would know other things which would be ten times better, I would, of course, shift and do those things. 
because my interest is to be efficient, to, be, to do something which works, and that is why, again, Agama Yoga is confirmed through the practice of people, through experience, through the passing of time. Actually, in Agama Yoga, we have such an advanced level of teaching. We throw so much knowledge at you, and we give such clear explanations that even after the first month of the courses, our people, our pupils, our graduates feel like they have learned a lot and they could tell to other people many things. We have people who come and tell us in 10 years of yoga practice and I, am, I have two certificates of a teacher from other yoga teacher courses and in 10 years I did not understand or get what I got here in one month, in four weeks of these courses. And that is why that's not what we say, that's the feedback which we get from people. We get people who go home and say, I was talking to other yoga teachers and I knew more yoga already than they did. Maybe I didn't do that practice, but after doing four weeks in Agama, I knew so much about yoga and this that they didn't have a clue about it. And I'm not talking only about the chakras and the energy, which is a characteristic thing to tantric yoga and which indeed is very powerful in Agama yoga, but many, many other things which you have learned in the first month. That is why Agama profiles itself as time passes more and more like a sort of academy. We become the teachers of the teachers. We become more and more people that teach teachers because the level of the experience and of the teaching here is very great. We have this, and I personally do have this, that I consider myself a sort of repository, a sort of depository, a sort of steward of this science of yoga, and I really resent and feel it as a pity that this knowledge tends to be lost and it tends to be adulterated and transformed into just gymnastics or stretching or other things. And it is for this reason that I'm making constantly efforts to preserve the best of the yoga science. Many people, you are at the first level and you don't know, but many people tell me and the teachers of the school, Swami, there are teachers who teach one yoga technique, two, like Kriya Yoga or something. They teach some simple thing and people are just supposed to do that. While in Agama, if you continue, you are getting hundreds and hundreds of yoga techniques. It's a flabbergasting array of methods from pranayama and asanas to methods of visualization and parapsychological methods of controlling the mind and so on. You don't even have time to do them if you stay and do yoga from morning till evening and you don't have time to do everything which you learn in Agama. Um, again, if you do 16 hours, 14 hours of yoga per day and you still can't do everything and you constantly have to pick up, you have to select things and people sometimes ask me, I'm a more single-minded type of person. Couldn't I just get one or two things to do so I can focus and be stubborn and do that thing? And I'm telling them that may be your nature and then I can recommend to you one or two yoga techniques which you should do steadily. But that's not my temperament. My temperament, my dharma, the way I'm built and what I feel that it is my duty, what it is my path, is on the contrary, to have this encyclopedic, complete knowledge of yoga, to pass it to the next generations. That's why, again, yoga, Agama Yoga, 
profiles it more and more to the quality and to the richness of its teachings, profiles it more and more as a former of teachers. After all, although many teachers, when they go to the West, maybe they find a few, that 0.1% people that want to do spirituality, and there are many people out there which are disappointed that yoga is just gymnastics, and when they hear yoga, they think it's just fitness. And I have heard so many people who come here and they say, Swami, we never imagined that yoga is about those things. We never thought that yoga is like that. Everybody should know that yoga can also be like that. And therefore, Agama Yoga wishes to put it on the map that there is also yoga which is addressing to your psyche, to your mind, to your emotions, to your energy, to your daily life, which extends to everything you do. But, of course, when many teachers go out there and they find that the biggest market is the fitness market, they, of course, want to teach uh, yoga, which is more fitness-oriented, but nevertheless, they, as teachers, they would feel very good to have the extra knowledge like to know, yes, I'm teaching because most of my customers want, first of all, to deal with their physical body, but now and then one of them grows smart and asks me some significant question, and then I want to know something beyond muscles and joints and ligaments and that. I want to know something deeper to say, okay, I'm competent even beyond this level, and if you want to really know what's hidden beyond the superficial thing, here it is. I have studied with Agama Yoga, and I actually know the traditional parts of yoga, so my competence extends there. That's why, as I say, we see more and more in this trend that there are people who are yoga teachers, and they come to Agama Yoga just to improve their yoga teaching abilities. They say, yes, I can teach some Ashtanga, some Vinyasa, some Vikram, some Iyengar, some Power, some of this or some of that, but I was longing to be able to, to know and to convey to my pupils also something deeper about the tradition of yoga. That is why uh, here we are putting a lot of attention into this teaching the teachers, into these teacher training programs, and uh, we start by explaining to people that being a yoga teacher is unlike any other occupation or job. People say, I have learned, I have trained for three months to be a yoga teacher, and then I go and I have a job. And while indeed it can give you a brilliant job, we'll talk about that in a second, nevertheless, first you need to understand that to be a yoga teacher is unlike any other occupation. It's not like you are a tailor, it's not like you are a typist, it's not like you are a carpenter, it's not even like you are a school teacher because you are getting into people's lives much deeper. After all, a true yoga teacher, a competent yoga teacher, becomes a sort of a doctor of the body and soul. You are guiding the life and spirituality of people. Even if you want to be modest and laid back, sometimes the people will come and ask you, I heard you are a vegetarian. Do you think it would be good for my skin disease also if I got to do vegetarianism? And then you ought to be a total coward not to answer that question. You would say, yes, according to my knowledge, probably it would serve you very well to, to be a vegetarian 
because this skin disease seems to be the symptom of an internal toxification of your system and being vegetarian and doing a bit of detox, Shanka Prakshalana or something, it will cleanse your system and it's very possible that these symptoms will recede. And therefore, you start giving people medical advice, dietary advice, life advice. People are going to say, uh, dear teacher, I am working in a psychiatric ward and I feel disturbed every day by being with the bazakos all day long. I feel I'm going crazy sometimes and I've seen lots of shrinks working here that they are half as crazy as the patients that are in the ward. Is it good for me to work with mentally disabled people? And then the teacher will say, well, if you are so sensitive, if you are so yin, it seems you are picking up some of the bad vibes and therefore you are loading yourself, you are charging yourself up with that. So maybe it would be good for you to change the job, to work with something else. But who are you to tell to people that they can heal their cancer or their asthma, to tell to people that they ought to be vegetarian, to tell to people to change their job or to do... You become much more than somebody who does fitness. You become a guide of their life involuntarily, even if you don't play arrogant. Even if you are not very pushy, people will come and ask you because as soon as they will see that you know, they will start relying on you and ask you for some competent advice. And that is why to do such things, it's not really a business. It's more like a vocation. It's a call. If you like helping people, if you would love giving good competent advice to people, if you would like that people that are in trouble or at a crossroads in their life should come and ask you for some advice, it's more like a call. Some people say, no, I don't want anybody to come to me and ask me something. Then you are not a teacher. You are not meant to be a guide and a teacher. The, the yoga teacher is a little bit of a doctor, is a little bit of a priest, it's a little bit of a lawyer, it's a little bit of many things. It's a loving father or mother for their pupils sometimes. And if you feel that you would like to be such a person, then only the yoga teaching is a great option. You are changing people's lives. No, somebody comes and says, I have a problem in my liver, I have second degree hepatitis, and the doctors are threatening me that it could degenerate into liver cancer. And then you teach them detox, you teach them Udhyana Banda and Nauli, you teach them a lot of things, activate your Manipura chakra, and the life of that person changes. Changes totally. You are influencing people's lives, and this has karmic consequences. It's not a simple thing to stop a person from their way down towards cancer and to revive their lives, to take them out of the pit, out of the valley of darkness where they are, and to make their lives go up towards something better. And that is why, again and again, teaching yoga is not like other jobs. Maybe being a priest in some religious communities could compare a little bit, but the priests are unable to help the health, many psychological things and others. So it's more complex than that. It's a, very, it's a very beautiful life. I can tell you after all these years that it always enchants my heart to see you growing up, to see you coming out of the darkness, to see you getting healthier, stronger, more balanced, 
that light which comes in your eyes when you come and tell me about your successes is incomparable. It's the greatest drug I have ever encountered. That, that sort of joy that you can do something, that you can take charge of your life, there is no greater reward for a teacher than that, to see the success of the pupils, to see them using the knowledge. It's a confirmation that this knowledge is great, good, beneficial. And that's why, of course, you interacting with people's lives and karmas, of course, it has to be done in a proper way. Then you cannot teach yoga without consecration. You cannot teach yoga without preparation, without purification, without, and you need a spiritual empowerment for that. I remember when first I read about yoga teaching, I read a paragraph in the end of the Bhagavad Gita. In the end of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna, after he almost finished teaching everything to Arjuna, his friend, his disciple, he tells, I think it's in the very last chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, he tells it, but the dearest of all the spiritual people in this world to me, O Arjuna, is the one who shares to others this knowledge which I gave to you. Like Krishna says, the most dear to me, and he says he's God, is the one that teaches further, that gives, that passes on this knowledge. I got on flames immediately, like I want to be the dearest to God. And what does it take to be the dearest to God? To teach the spirituality? Then that's what I want to do. And therefore, remember that teaching spirituality is one of the marvelous ways of evolving. There is a <coughs> great dictum by a great philosopher that says, we learn while we teach others. I myself have learned so many things while I was teaching, and I still learn. I'm learning from you and from those that I teach a lot of things. I have lots of teachers who tell me I have attended this class two, three times and now I've become a teacher. And when I taught it the first time and the second time, then only I really understood what it was all about. Like teaching it makes it so very different than just sitting passively and learning it. And that is why I am also sharing with you that teaching yoga makes your own yoga so much deeper, stronger. It is a way of evolving. It is a very privileged form of karma yoga. You can do many types of karma yoga, but you can also do karma yoga by teaching yoga, and that's probably one of the more noble ones. It's one thing that you say, Agama is my spiritual home. I want to come the next season as well, and then... You go home and you work four months and you go on two jobs to make a lot of money to be able to stay here for eight months or something like this for a full season. And when you work, you have to deliver pizzas or make accounts for Shell Oil or God knows what your job and your speciality is. And it's another thing that you can go and teach yoga. There are people that sustain themselves also from teaching yoga then they never have to get out of their spiritual environment. They carry the spirituality with themselves wherever they go, and this makes it very powerful for them. Of course, it goes without saying, we live in the modern world and it is useless to be squeamish or prudish or hypocrite about it, 
yoga can also make a good source of income. It depends how enterprising you are and how much self-confidence you have. There are great yoga teachers which are multi-multi-millionaires in dollars, such as Ayengar and Vikram and other famous ones. We saw, we see yoga teachers who are very much on making money because they come from that world. They make a one-week teaching of yoga. They make a sort of micro-teacher program. One week is not that much. And they charge thousands and thousands of dollars for it. You can be sure that those people have a pretty good bank account. And I have met personally people that were making truckloads of money from yoga. And of course, everybody knows that Agama is not here specially for that purpose. Everybody tells me, Swami, we know if you wanted to make money, you would have gone to America or to England or some other place and teach yoga. There you can make a totally different kind of money that you make here. It is on purpose that we are trying to keep things available. Many of you are still very young and traveling and on a budget and so on. But we hope that we can put this spirit of yoga in you to know that there is a method which can help the human being so much. And after all, with Agama Yoga, you have an advantage. You have no, not too much competition. The world is filled up of yoga, which is gymnastics. And if you come and teach something different, then it's like a light in the darkness. It's like a, the first flower in the spring. It is something new. It was not new. A hundred years ago, yoga would have been taught like this. But because it's Kali Yuga, many, unfortunately, the yoga tradition became so diluted. And I, for one, although we criticize yoga as fitness and gymnastics, I'm not against it. Because I'm happy that hundreds of millions of people in this world tried yoga and they obtained some benefits and they have goodwill towards it and they are positive towards it, even if they did it as gymnastics and at fitness. At least they know that even as gymnastics and fitness, it is good. It does a lot of good. So it doesn't matter from where you start as long as you are ready to offer the good things. Our teacher training courses are considered by many people a little bit tough. The International Yoga Federation requires that a full yoga teaching education should be of 500 hours of teaching. And the truth is that when you will check the different teacher training programs in the world, you will see that they are not really of 500 hours. In those 500 hours, they put you cooking your own lunch and dinner, which is supposed to be some yoga of some sort. They put in it the fact that you do your homework. Sometimes the afternoon nap is also included. And then you've got 500 hours. It's not 500 hours on paper. In Agama, it is 500 hours on paper. And that's why to teach 500 hours with six, seven, eight hours per day, six days per week, it takes actually three months. Um, I, for one, I don't know how some people can claim to give a yoga teacher course in one week or even in one month because you simply cannot pack there the necessary amount of hours. And uh, in Agama, we respect the standards. I actually only got confirmed by the requirements of the International Yoga Federation, but I have learned this system of yoga from one of my early teachers, Direnda Brahmachari. Direnda Brahmachari is the one who introduced in India the concept of full-time yoga. 
He said, you come three months, and three months you do full-time yoga. You don't socialize, you don't surf the net too much, you don't do many things, you just come and do yoga. You sleep, you eat, you do yoga, you talk with your friends about yoga, with your colleagues and so on. You have a life of a yogi. And in this way, in three months, there will be a transformation, there will be a quantum leap in your consciousness and in your being. We apply this principle from Dhirendra Brahmachari here. That's why our courses are a bit intensive, but it is for the good. The teacher, the yoga teachers that we issue in this way, they have a competence and a confidence. They do practicums. And actually the yoga parichaya, the yoga instructor, is only our first degree because our teachers, by teaching with Agama for two years, three years, five years, and by taking more teaching for themselves, they increase their degrees. The, in, the International Yoga Federation mentions seven degrees of teachers in, this, in the hierarchy of yoga teaching. In Agama, we have a few teachers which are level five teachers and a couple of teachers which are level six teachers. The level seven teacher is a sort of honorary teacher for somebody who has taught more than 25 years of yoga and has had great success in spreading the science of yoga. That's an honorary title. But what I'm saying is that we have teachers that progress and does uh, teacher training program. A teacher training course is only the first step into becoming a better and better yoga teacher. What we offer when we think about yoga teaching is that we think we offer a unique quality of yoga teaching, both through the contents of what you learn here, <clears throat> like we teach people in the teacher training program, what's happening with the energy in a hall. When a teacher stands in front of you and does yoga with the 50 of you that are here, what's happening with your energy and their energy? How does it run through the hall? What's the flow of this? There are many, many things which are unsuspected. Yoga is not just a person sitting and monkeying in front of you, and then you imitate the teacher, and that's what it is. There is a transmission. There is a copycat. It's called in esoteric spirituality. It's an initiation. When your yoga teacher performs Padahastasana with you, they initiate you in Padahastasana. They are not only showing it to you. Because otherwise showing it, we could do a video, we could sell videos. This is how you bend over, this is the text, these are the benefits, this is how you should focus your mind, go and do it. We taught you Padahastasana. It's one thing to teach it, and it's another thing to initiate it. Here you get initiated, and the teachers learn precisely how yoga is an initiation. There is a lot of esoteric information, which is not available in the regular yoga literature, our certificates are recognized by the most powerful forums, by the Yoga Alliance of America, and even better than that, by the International Yoga Federation, because we stick to the standards of 500-hour teaching. We give to the people a spiritual empowerment, which is renewed every year. Just a few days ago, we had the empowerment for 2012, in which people, either they are physically present here or telepathically at a distance, meditate at the same hour with me and we transmit them the empowerment for teaching authoritatively, for being authorized to teach the spiritual parts of yoga. 
as you can see, we are a school which gives you handouts, materials, papers, which is also pretty unique. So we have a lot of teaching materials, handbooks, even translations of our courses and mnemonics are available in several languages, not in all languages. Teaching programs, PR and advertising materials which are created by Agama. You have the possibility to upgrade your education and competence by growing up as a yoga teacher in your degrees. We, of course, give you the possibility if you want to teach with Agama, some people choose to teach on their own, some people want to teach under or with Agama, and then they can open branches of Agama. We advertise for them, we support them for becoming Agama branches. And you can, we have a teacher's group by which you can have internet contact all year round with the teachers. Many of our teachers say, I have a case of somebody that suffers from epilepsy and I'm afraid that they will have a seizure in the middle of the class or and I don't know if yoga can help them. Can somebody out there help me? And then Mihaela, who is a medical doctor or I through my experience or somebody that has had extensive experience with this will answer and teach them this is, and thus everybody learns. That's why the teachers themselves, they progress by teaching and they hear more and more. All in all, I personally consider teaching yoga a privileged way of living your life. It's a, it's a wonderful way to earn your living and to be, to have a life as a yoga teacher. It's definitely a special thing, especially when you take it to these levels of teaching yoga. And at the same time, we know it's a little bit of a vocation. There are people who don't really see themselves standing in front of other people and communicating things. There are people who, on the contrary, they are burning. And they say, when I'm going home, I'm sure all my friends, all my family will ask me, what did you learn in your blog on in your Facebook? You sounded so enthusiastic and so on. Can you tell us something and so on? So there are people who are actually longing to share what it is in their soul with other people. It is for this reason that I had this talk for you, understanding what is this yoga teaching dharma, what is this destiny of being a yoga teacher in the integral yoga meaning like here in Agama. I will answer with joy your questions if you have some. This is a presentation which comes again at your own request. So many of you have asked that here is an answer for you describing what this is.